Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Chris Rydell, actor and now podcast host, I guess. Um, that guy you've seen on a million TV shows and movies, but you still do not know my name. And I'm David Allen Bache, actor and sometimes producer. And you also recognize me from lots of films and TV shows, but you probably couldn't name one of them right now if I paid you to. The two of us and our guests are going to let you in on some secrets on how to make it as an actor and share some private stories from the many movies and TV shows that we've worked on. That's right. We're going to interview a special guest each week, and we'll get their best advice and wisdom for you about how to break into this business and how to stay in it. And yes, again, there will be stories, stories, stories. So, let's get to it. This is Confessions of a Working Actor. Very exciting. How are you doing today? Very exciting, Chris. I'm good, man. I'm good. I think this podcast thing is... It's working out. It's going good. I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a ball. People keep saying they're enjoying listening the first few episodes, and we have all these great guests. Well, with a voice like yours, <laughs> who's not listening? Oh, stop, stop. See, if you could see me on the on the video, I'm I'm doing the more, more uh, uh, gesture, I, but I'm saying stop, stop. I could see it. <laughs> you know, my son's produced a film which is premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, called Wildflower. Very cool. With Kiernan Shipka and Gene Smart. And oh, Gene this, Smart. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really, really good film. It's a mm. beautiful, beautiful movie. And I'm just, I thought I'd give a shout out to, to the guys. Yeah. Uh, Morning Moon Productions, his, his production company. You and, must be incredibly uh, proud of him. I'm like over the moon. I can't even explain it. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. I'm now, so proud of were it. you nervous about about your son going into this field? A little bit, you know. <laughs> it's it, it it it's just so cutthroat, and people are so it's so tough, you know. Yeah. But he has such, you know, he's got great people surrounding him, and he's just so talented. And you know, he found this Must script, be. and they, you know, from the beginning, they developed this script, and and you know, got the talent and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, I, I know this business isn't easy and you got to have thick skin, you know? So, yeah. but I don't think I could have chose another path for him unless it had been like a professional golfer. Oh, well, that sounds cool. <laughs> you know, that that, that would have been, if he'd been like the best golfer in the world, you know, that would have been great. Or you know, Yeah. Don't look at me. I'm, I'm a duffer. I, I got nothing. 
But I will say, I will say I have a 13-year-old daughter. My wife and I were thrilled when she said, I want nothing to do with acting as a profession. She gets very upset when people assume that she wants to be like her parents. And instead, mm-hmm. she says she, she wants to do something with much better odds of success, which is she wants to be a pediatric brain surgeon and go into nuclear medicine and possibly be a uh, physics teacher on the side. So wow, much easier than acting. Much, much easier. Yeah. <laughs> in, man, in many ways. <laughs> in many ways. Well, I hear laughter in the background, and it comes from a wonderful, wonderful up-and-coming actor. Yes. This week, we are talking to the wonderful and upcoming actor, Mia Davis Glover. Mm-hmm. She was cast as the voice of motion capture actor for the character of Tilly Jackson in the widely popular game Red Dead. Redemption. So cool. She, you know, she does a lot. She's been on other shows. She's been on Crashing, High Maintenance, uh, Orange is New Black, a whole bunch of other things. And we're going to get into that and we're going to find out where she's at now, what she's doing and how she's feeling. Let's welcome Mia Davis Glover. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, beautiful people. (laughs) Welcome, Mia. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. So, look, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but I, you know, I was looking online. I wanted to find out a little more about Red Dead Redemption. I know that your character, Tilly, has a huge cult following. And I read, I think I read that that the game had a $725 million opening weekend. Those are probably the accurate numbers. I'm sure. I mean, that's... I'm sure. That's nuts. Like, I, I've been in a couple, uh, like, had some smaller roles in some bigger films that have maybe opened, the biggest one maybe was a was a $75 million opening weekend, something big like that. But this is almost a <laughs> billion dollars, which means so many people in that one weekend were listening to your voice and, and watching your characterization. How does that feel? Yeah, so this was my first, even I didn't grow up on video games. My brothers had video games like Nintendo, Game Boy, but I didn't grow up any in that realm. So even to get cast in a video game, it was very like, wait, what? So to hear the numbers, to be a part of the production process, the the, the filming process was mind blowing. And then to have, like you said, this cult following of these avid beautiful fans really who love a game so much and and want to follow then the actors behind those characters that you know we're we're playing for i think the game playthrough is like 80 something hours honestly is like wow. the entire game played but yeah it, it it is very humbling in a way because you're stepping well myself i was stepping into again a part of the industry that i had never tapped into even recreationally so to do it professionally was like, wow, this is a real big place to be mm-hmm. <laughs> in this kind of realm of video games. It was amazing. It was amazing. I took a class, a video game, you know, like tr- trying to get some work. And it is exhausting. We, I mean, I don't know really? that you did running and fighting because I don't know the game. But, yeah. but I know that. I was absolutely exhausted after 15 minutes in the booth, you know? Yes. Yes. It really does make Exactly. Those those things are like coming from you to bring life to just the voice of a video game. And you have to bring that because 
These players are avid players and amazing players. So yeah, it's <laughs> how much fun? How much fun? So much that? fun, <laughs> right? And, and it was we, great. Mia, we always ask our guests how they got started. Was that kind of your first thing? Was that something that, you know, we've talked to other actors and we all express there is no there is no big break, but there is sort of that first thing, that first professional job yeah. or that first thing that makes you realize like, oh, yeah, cool, I can do this. Was that one for you or was it something else? So that wasn't one of the first ones. The first thing, so I went to college for acting. I went to Rutgers for acting and mm -hmm. got my bachelor's in fine arts there. And then post that 10 years ago, post that have just been kind of doing things. So the first thing I actually dipped into my toes was commercials. I did a McDonald's commercial, AT&T commercial, Super Bowl commercial. Like uh -huh. I had started to dip into the realms of Good. commercial, ka residual. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I got uh, my taste, my first taste at some TV stuff, crashing, high maintenance, yep. where it became a bit more. So really my big, like, Oh, you can make a pretty penny as if I didn't know that already was the commercial, the commercial life. Mm. And then red dead became the thing of like, Oh wait, there's a lot more tentacles to this industry. Let me really tap in. Mm. That's what red dead did for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up a good point, which actors should, should know. I think they probably know, but, but some, some actors have a hard time accepting, which is there's a lot of money in commercials and I, I came up with a couple of guys who were like, I'm not going to do commercials. I want to do Shakespeare. I'm not going to do commercials. I want to be George Clooney. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, I just got cast as the head and shoulders guy. And I got, <laughs> I, I, I got, you know, fake, you know, mashed potato flakes on my shoulder and I'm doing like this ridiculous dandruff commercial. <laughs> and guess what? I was waiting, I was waiting tables and it let me stop being a waiter and start really being an actor and bought my wife her, her diamond we call that engagement ring the proctor gamble diamond you know there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with commercials at any stage of a career but certainly just to, to mm -mm. start out certainly to start out well what's what's Absolutely. something that you wish you'd known when you got out of Rutgers that you know now mm. <laughs> something that i wish i would have known when i got out of Rutgers for i mean for those who haven't gone to conservatory it kind of the learning process of that is really like stripping away what you thought you knew to build up kind of like a neutral basis of a start point, right? But then mm. you kind of forget your sauce that you already have. So for me, I had stripped down so much of me to become like this neutral starting out point of like, I can I can do Shakespeare, but I can also be, you know, some other like lawyer on a TV show. Like I can do these two different things, but I lost my sauce mm -hmm. to think like, oh, your sauce isn't good with this palette that you acquired from college. So I wish I would have knew and known, and now I do know that, you know, me coming from where I come from, but having the education that I have and the knowledge that I have of acting, of the of the craft, of the seriousness of it, was it was enough, you know? I guess mm -hmm. I wish I would have known that I was enough, Chris. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's a great answer because that's kind of what happens, right? They kind of teach you how to be all these different, you know, characters, how to do all this stuff, but you kind of lose, you know, who me is and, and to kind of yeah. just kind of grasp that how important we all are as individuals and Absolutely. that everybody can find their place. You know, there's a place for all of us and to know that. Absolutely. Yeah. And coming, you said coming out of conservatory, you know, we've talked to folks that have been at Yale, the school for drama, 
obviously, you know, there's Rutgers, there's North Carolina School for the Arts, NYU, Juilliard. And, you know, I didn't go to any of those schools, but I was in the audition rooms with lots of people from those schools. When I when I got to the place where I was really getting in the room, it was almost always with all of those people. And so when you first came out of Rutgers, were there leagues, were there auditions? Did you feel like it was a leg up? I feel like in ways it definitely gave me a sense of what was going on in the industry more than I had gained through my own lifestyle of knowledge. And then at Rutgers, they don't really teach you the business. They really teach you the art. So they set me up in a way where I could come out with an agent. I could come out with an agent commercially and and legit wise, which was, again, a setup for me, which was great. Great. So in that way, definitely I felt like a leg up to just put me in the position to be in the places that I ultimately wanted to be in, which was those audition rooms, which is in front of CBS and ABC and trying to do these different things. So I definitely think it gave me a leg up for sure. Good. Chris, did you ever have any kind of class or training in the business of acting? I didn't. I mean, back in the I day. Know. I, I Let me tell you something. I wish I had. Me too. You yeah. know, I, I went to SUNY Purchase and it was a great theater school and mm-hmm. I studied in, you know, in LA with, a you know, Stella Adler and, and, you know, the loft studios, Peggy Fury, Bill Trailer, Larry Primus. I've mm-hmm. studied with a lot of people, yeah. Arthur Mendoza. I got a lot of training, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to deal with the, the rejection over time, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it all kind of came very easy for me. And then all of a sudden it didn't. Right. And yeah. I didn't realize that there was, you know, there's an ebb and flow to life. And sometimes, you know, you got to grind. I think that here, here's the thing. I think when you're in class, when you're in school, when you're studying and you walk into a room and there's a confidence that you have. And then over yeah. time, you stop doing these things. You stop going yeah. to class. And then then it's been, oh, it's been a month or since I've had an audition. It's been it's been two months since I've had anything good. And then you're trying to and you don't feel as though you're yeah. prepared. And and yeah, and it's like right. it's like anything. You need to do it all the time. And if yeah. you're not exactly. working it all the time, and when you come out of school, you're you've been doing it for four years all the time. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. what do you do in between, right? And that's you know we've had guests say, you know, Alicia Reiner, my wife, said <laughs> yes. uh, her her big motto is "Don't wait, create." So at those times where you're not auditioning, you know, go do your own thing, even if it's just reading scripts Absolutely. or writing or trying to create something. And and about the business side, it's interesting. You know, you said they you said it was craft, craft, craft and that it was nice mm-hmm. to have that agent or manager when you came out. But I remember not knowing how to follow up with a casting director. I remember not knowing what to say. And now it's all email mm-hmm. if you're lucky mm-hmm. enough to have someone's email. But like, how do you follow up after an audition? How do you get on someone's yeah. radar? Like, how yeah. do you get someone to see you for a general? Um, yeah. You know, dealing with agents. And that was really hard. I remember wishing that there were like a, a something like that. Obviously, there's lots of books out there. But my guy that I did finally find was Brian O'Neill. And I don't think he does it anymore. Mm-hmm. But his book is called Acting as a Business. And I wish I got a percentage of every book because I've sent so many people to to the drama bookshop to, to buy yeah. it. But but that's an interesting point is that, you know, first coming out of a school or a conservatory, even if you get connected with an agent or manager, there's still so much work to do about learning about the business and then learning about what do you do as an artist in the downtime. That, that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can say, you know, even with those bigger the commercial breaks and things like that, 
there was no training on how to read a contract. There was no training on, you know, any of those type of things where I want to be signing this stuff and I want to make sure that I'm doing myself right as an artist. But am I missing out on good money or am I not getting enough money? Or is this a good contract or is this not a good, like those, I I was thankful to have, you know, and have trusted and gained the trust of my agents now where there is a great ebb and flow in our communication. But in the beginning, it's scary because you're like, I'm just starting out and I hear horror stories about when people start out wildly, it's kind of hard to reel that in. Mm. So yeah, all that to say, we need a business class in conservatory. Whoever is listening, we need a business class in conservatory. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what, is it, what does it mean to you to be a working actor? It means really what Alicia says, which is don't wait to create. Like just be always working on the art that you find most fulfilling. And before my idea of a working actor was fresh out of, out of school was like book, 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 book. That means you're working book, 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 book. You know, it wasn't like you said, in between that downtime of, of, yeah, still crafting myself and still reaching for my art. That means I'm a working artist, not just a working actor. And as actors, we are artists. We can do multitudes of things, be multitudes of people. And for me, a working actor is what I do now, which is create my own stuff, writing my own thing, pouring my craft into other places that may not look like a stage or a TV film or a TV screen at schools, giving back programs, like working my art as being, you know, a vessel for influence, a vessel for stories, a vessel for change. Because that's what we do with actors. Yep. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's a great answer. And, and I want to chime in and say, for me, you know, we we had Richard Kind on, and and he was joking that his, you know, someone said to him, "Do you ever say no to anything?" Because he says yes to so many different things, even you know, yeah. little tiny stories, tiny indies, things like that. And you know, I've said yes to some things that maybe I thought on second thought, oh, should I have said yes to that? But there's a lesson to be learned from every job you do, every set you're on. Now, Mia and I were on a set together. And it was a small little horror film. And yeah. and for me on that set, first of all, I had a great time with you, Mia, and I had a great time with Absolutely. the other with the other actors. That was my yes, favorite yes. part. And so just as soon as the cameras were on and we got to kind of do our thing. But I did also learn a lot on that film without getting into names or anything else about what not to do and about how I didn't want to be treated as an actor and about what makes an actor feels good, feel good on a set. And is what would you say if you learned something from that experience of like, oh, I, I did a little indie film and I, I kind of dug the acting of it. I'm glad I did it. And what was the takeaway from that experience for you? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The takeaway is so interesting. I was thinking about that just really the other day, but the takeaway from that was like, if I want, again, there always is a purpose as to why something comes to my front door and why the gateway is then aligned for me to even be booking something like that. Because we would have never known that that would have happened during the audition process, right? right? So I have to know that there was, the takeaway is now my uh, my uh, perspective, which is everywhere you go, there is something to learn and something to be gained, but also some some part of you to shed, which was a little bit my ego. <laughs> You know what I mean? On that film, I had to shed a little bit of like, wait, 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 this is not how a trained actor from da 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 is supposed to be. I had, it was like, well, wait, well, wait, what can you gain from here? None of this makes you less than, but it really does enhance yourself as a creative, as an artist of what you will do if you're in that position to create something from grassroots or what you do as an actor if you're a part of someone's creation from grassroots. Mm. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's so much better than getting stuck in the negative, right? I mean, uh, yes. and yeah, it's easy to fall prey to that, especially, you know, with jobs where you're thinking like, ah, I wish I was being treated better. I wish I was being paid more. I wish this was more Absolutely. visibility. It's easy to get stuck in the negative. But is life ever what you expect it to be, you know? <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris is like the Buddha. Chris is like the Buddha of the of the podcast. He he just he yes. always he's always got that that wisdom that just slips right yes. in. There. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I, I love mean, it's it. not though. You know, I mean, no? I don't think I've it's ever not. been on on a film, done a show where where I expect I expect it to be this way. It's not. And you just roll yeah. with it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, this actor. You know, you have to prepare yourself. You can't really, you know, blame it on anybody else because you don't know who this, the guy they hire, the woman they hire, the other actress they hire may be terrible. Mm. Absolutely. You know, and giving you nothing, absolutely nothing and not listening and not, you know, and you're like, well, wait, I have to do my thing, you know, no matter what. And and this is really important, you know? Yeah, I had a I had a a comedy god. I got to do a little indie film and I had a a comedic actor that I consider to be an icon and a comedy god. I was so excited to work with him. And we got there and he did all his stuff and he was so funny. And they turned around on me and he said, I'll be in my trailer. You don't need me. And left. And I was like, oh. Oh, like it does nothing ever quite goes the way you think it's gonna go. Yeah. And and I was like, I had a choice. I could have fumed and and been mm-hmm. uh, you know upset about it. And instead, I was mm-hmm. like, well, all right. So get me a PA or a stand-in or somebody, and we you know let's we made, do this. Yeah, we had. <laughs> And we had a good time. Speaking of, we, we do try to kind of stay focused on the positive. So can you yeah. share a story with us of a positive experience you've had either with other actors or directors or casting from one of the last sets you were on? Uh, maybe the film Premature that you did, which I know was a really oh, huge, big critical yeah. success or, yeah, or any, any other yeah, that one or any other set. Just we're really interested in like something that really made an impression on you. Something that really made an impression on me was in the movie Premature. So I play a young mother, Harlem. Harlem. Shout out to Harlem. That's where I am. Shout out to Harlem. That's where I am right now. (laughs) Woo! 
Harlem. From Harlem, mother of two, and just, you know, just kind of facing her own life struggles and whatever that was meaning for her and uh, the father of her children. So one of the children was supposed to be a young one-year-old baby. And at the time, my son was one years old. So I went to the cast dinner just kind of going, we're going to do a read through, get to know each other before we started filming. And I was there and I was talking to the director, uh, Rashad Ernesto Green and the writers, Zora Howard, and just kind of talking, chopping it up or whatever. And they said, oh, you get to meet your your baby that you're going to use uh, maybe like a day before a set. So you guys can kind of like do like a chemistry thing. And I was just like, oh, wow, like that's going to be so great. I'm going to be so excited because I'll probably be missing my son that day. And they were like, oh, well, how old is your baby? And I was like, he's one. Uh-huh. And Rashad kind of like looked at Zora, looked at me and was like, do you just want to use your baby? And and I was like, can I please? Just, <laughs> it was never in my thought what process would I have been like, oh, let me offer my son up to play this. Because, you know, it's casting and they've done their thing and they have who they need and whatever. You don't show up to do that. But that was something from set that was like, wow, it really can be like this. Mm. You know, it really can be a collaboration where something so meaningful to me can be put into something where I'm playing this role, but I have my actual child. And that's such a great memory that we have from that set. Mm. So, yeah. That's a beautiful mm. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. How lucky yes. you are. Got, yes, right. How absolutely. lucky you are that you have to be careful. Yeah, he doesn't start taking, you know, like you do auditions <laughs> with him. And he's going to start taking some parts because, like, I, my daughter reads with me. She's a reader sometimes. And every once in a while, especially on a voiceover thing, my voiceover agent will be like, could your daughter do that? Could she read the other lines? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all, it's all going to the same place. Yes, absolutely. Like, exactly. Yes. You, David, your daughter. Yeah, exactly. You did. Exactly. She did get put on hold for something for a voiceover where we, she was the daughter and I was the dad. And I did not get put on hold. I was like, oh, we're on hold. So <laughs> my agent was like, um, no, you're not both on hold. Just her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was proud. I was proud anyway. Uh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mia, every week we do a little segment on our show called Worst Audition Story Ever. And we want to know if you have a worst audition story. Maybe you could share something crazy that happened or whatever. So worst audition story. Is it did I could have booked the job or didn't book the job? Oh, it's up to you. It's just whatever it it is, whatever it is, other actors who are listening, uh, uh, we would just want them to to say, I feel you like however it goes. So there the first commercial I had ever gotten AT&T and I, there had been, I lived up in Jersey city and there had been like this crazy storm and where I lived, the, uh, overground train that would take you to the path train, uh, underground would like flood out if there was too much rain this particular time where I lived, I needed to take that overground train in order to get there, but it had flooded out. So it put me back. Like I'm emailing my agent, like I'm going to be late for this audition. It's an audition day. How late? I'm like, uh, maybe 30 minutes and it's commercial. So they don't play Mm -mm. that mess. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the time frame. And if you're not in here, sis, we ain't going to see you. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm emailing them. Like, I got to get there. I get on the tram, but then the tram gets stuck on the tracks. Oh. So now I'm, I'm stuck in the overground, maybe 50 yards from where I need to get off. But they legally cannot open these doors to let me off. We're on that train for about 30 minutes. <sighs> now I'm an hour out. I still got to get on the train to get to the city. I was two hours late. They had closed the time. I was past the time of the audition ending. I go in and it was at Telsey actually. And I go in and I'm like, 
I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I'm like trying to explain. One of whoever was still doing the camera operating was like, it's okay. We can like, we're not done. She can come in. They already told us that she was going to be running late. And since I haven't broken it down, she can still do it. And I booked it. No, you booked that? I booked it. They didn't have a callback. I booked it. I'm like, and I was playing a babysitter who was frazzled because the kids wouldn't go to Uh bed. So it all was aligned. It all made sense. And frazzled you were. I'm like, frazzled you were. Exactly. See that? You see? So you never know whatever you've got going on. I mean, we always say leave all your baggage outside the door, right? But every once in a while, circumstances conspire, even with your worst audition. To get you the job. And this is straight first out of conservatory school. Wow. So there's a lot of pressure already on myself of like, book it and now you're late because, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up booking it. That was my worst story, okay. but really greatest outcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Yeah, you need to be aware. You need to be aware when you need to bring your baggage. <laughs> into the room that's, with you. that's the moral of the story. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay, well, Mia, we usually end on another segment, and this is called the best piece of advice. So this is something that someone shared with you early on, something that you learned the hard way, something that you want to share with other actors. And, you know, we've we've had some folks on that have been doing this for decades and decades, and they have wise things to say. But I know you've been doing this a little bit of a shorter time, and yeah. I'm I, honestly, I'm even more interested to hear what you have to say, mm-hmm. because there is a part of me that has blocked out that early part of my career because yeah. it was a long time ago. And yeah. I I need to reconnect with that. And I think a lot of yeah. people listening want to reconnect with that. So, you know, you're yeah. you're still your trajectory is sky high towards stardom. And I can see that and feel that. So what's your you're in that spot? What's your best piece of advice? I think the best, first of all, thank you for that. That's, that's beautiful for you to say. I feel like <clears throat> even in the, the short, the time span that I've been out and in, in the industry, I, I definitely think I have uh, felt the moments where I've felt stagnant and stale in myself, even with me just kind of starting out. And it felt always so crazy to me that I could feel like I wasn't as creative as I knew I was. even four years out of college. I'm like, you're not as creative as you, as you thought you were. But I had to kind of ring myself back to say like, no, you still got the sauce, like I said before, and your sauce is yours and no one can take that from you or no one can diminish that if it's not at your doorstep and you're saying yes to that and going through that, then you're not supposed to be there. But that doesn't take away from your creativity. I have so many ideas that I felt like weren't good enough because they didn't look like the things that I was auditioning for. Mm. And, but I now know that, you know, all of my ideas are meaningful in some way, even if I'm just writing them out as characters that may prepare me for when I have to bring my baggage into the room, I've already kind of created this character before. So I can tap into this character that somebody wrote that has a movie script that is greenlit. That's going to go. And I can be that, you know, that liaison to that vessel. So I would say my best piece of advice is like, don't lose your creativity or don't think that, you still don't have it. If you still have breath in your lungs, you still have it. Mm. Like you just still have it. That's great advice. And I, I also hear mm-hmm. in that it, it sort of stay out of your own way, right? Because, yeah. because especially early on, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall. And if you're judging yourself constantly and saying, oh, that's not as creative as I thought it was, or, oh, that's not as good as I thought it was, or, oh, that's not what 
the industry says it should be, you're just doing yourself a disservice, you know, especially early on. Look, everybody would love to be typecast or find a, I think, and find a a niche that they play and get hired over and over again for 50, 60 years, right? That would be a great career. But (laughs) when you're first starting, like throw that spaghetti at the wall. And I love hearing you say, you know, don't judge those ideas. Like uh, just, you know, let yourself be creative in any way you want to be creative and, and keep going. Because you're working on your art. You're a working actor. So like work, mm. do it, you know? And, tr- and trust trust that you're Absolutely. Special. There's no other Mia Davis Glover. You know, there, there's no one else yeah. like you. And we have to remember yes, that. Absolutely. There's a place for all of us. Absolutely. And, and, and don't, don't, absolutely. don't give up. Thank you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, I don't know how we topped that. That was great <laughs> advice. Really love that. Um, Mia, thank you. It was great to talk to you. And thank we're you so glad, me. so glad you joined us. Is there anything that's coming up next besides your son's fifth or sixth birthday? How old is he now? Five? He's five. He is now? five and yeah, into good. kindergarten. Beautiful. And anything so else you want to tell us? Every day I'm weeping son? inside as I take him to the kindergarten door. I'm like, uh, I love you. Uh, that's, <laughs> oh, it's a great gonna, time. It's, it's gonna, a great age. Yeah, I was five say, is a great, great age. Good, good, good. I'm doing my own creative juices and, you know, in the four walls of my home, but I hope to be putting some things out so people can be up to date on that on my social medias, which is just Mia Davis. And you guys can follow me, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And follow we shall. We will. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mia. Thank you for coming to join us. And thank you for all your thank great Thank you so much for having me. Oh, smile. thank you, thank you, thank you. We, we know everybody can hear that smile. We can hear it. <laughs> That's, yeah. I know you might not That is the best it. sounding it's smile amazing. we've ever had on, on Confessions <laughs> of a Working Actor. Well, it's been another great 20 minutes with you, my friend. And you too, brother. It's been fun. Yeah, that was great. Cool. I thought that was awesome. All right, star, star that. That was terrific. And we got another great guest coming up next week, so be sure to tune in again to Confessions of a Working Actor. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.